Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome players to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. You looking for a show that talks stock market, trading tips, buying or selling when it comes to fantasy football. Of course, you've reached the gold mine. D-Mendy here, your Jim Cramer for the show. Joined by Johnny Foosball. How's it going, my friend? Always well, Davey, and yourself? Pretty good, man. Did your uh, heart skip a beat on the last play of the Raiders game this weekend? Um, it was <laughs> a, a little bit, but uh, I, I uh, Nicole caught it live, and she said that was incomplete as soon as the as soon as he it was down. So I was feeling good. Oh, what a good girlfriend! Helped you uh, ease your pains there. H- had an eagle eye. <laughs> <laughs> also joined here by the Doc Eric Mendelson, the guy that uh, seems to be cooking lasagna like a pro now. What's up, man? Uh, not much, man. All this uh, buy and sell stock market stuff should have told me to sell Zoom. Yeah, I don't know uh, why didn't you didn't get on that train, but too late now. Anyway, also joined here by a man that doubles as a hair model, the Brad Stradamus, Brad Kilgore. How we doing, man? You're too kind. Good to be here, man. Always glad to have you here with me, man. And then, of course, joining us this week, we got to give him the proper introduction. Oh, yeah. This is a man that lives, breathes, and dies fantasy football. So much so that he's digesting trades for his dinner. He's the host of Dynasty Theory and Fantasy Football Confidential, the master of gifts, passionate rants, and the glass that seem to slide off his face. We welcome in John Bow. What's up, man? Thanks for having me, guys. I already had to take the glasses off. I'm getting sweaty over here. I'm so freaking excited. Dave, when you reached out to me to come on the show, I instantly, yes, I want to join you guys. I'm excited to talk about some of these players buying and selling. Let's get to it, man. Yeah, man. Let's do it! Let's go! (laughs) We respect all that you do, man. You bring the energy. You bring the passion, that fire. So Eric and I, we were talking before the show. We were like, you know what? We got to match Bauer. We got to match the Bauer Club. So... We needed, we needed that energy tonight because this is a perfect discussion for it. The buyers sell ahead of the trade deadline. So we have two hosts here and then a couple of noobs that are here to help you fix your team for the stretch run and hopefully win you that fantasy championship. So we'll be looking at those players that are consistently trending on Twitter to either buy or sell, and we'll tell you which direction you need to go to. In other words, we're here to basically help you manipulate your league and pick on those weak players you have. So we'll be doing that. After we'll go to our question of the week, which starting quarterback is the most in danger of getting benched? And as always, we have our game revealed at the end of the show. But first, let's get to some news and notes. News and notes. Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers running back, he comes back for a game. And then right after that, he's gone potentially for this week and maybe even more. So I would like to know um, if Mike Davis is a free agent in your league, someone was stupid enough to let him go. 
what percent of your fab are you willing to spend on someone who might be just a one or two week pickup? So Mr. Bauer club, I'll start with you. I mean, at this point we're heading into week 10, you can't take it with you. You know, there's only a few weeks left in the regular season. If you're making that push to the playoffs, I'm going to spend all of it. And I'm not one to shy away from just completely blowing my budget earlier in the season in one dynasty league. I spent all of my budget on Miles Gaskin and in the league chat. Oh, Bauer, are you freaking idiot? What are you doing? What are you? How can you get Miles Gaskin? He, he, who is he? And then he went on that nice little run and he provided ride, uh, running back two upside for me. So anybody that if uh, Mike Davis, if he is on your waiver wire, pick him up. So you would spend 100% of all the fab you have left to make sure you get him. Yeah, I mean, at this point, so I take part in a few of the FFPC leagues. And that that's a little trickier because um, the, the rosters are deeper. So let's say a player like that happened to be on there. It's very scarce that you know that you're going to find a player that's going to give you a game-winning upside for at least one week. And now, when you talk about home leagues, you know the shorter benches. Yes, that comes into play. But I, I don't know at this point. What do you think? What else is out there? What you know? What are you seeing that is going to give you that upside at this point in the season? Because I don't know what else is going to be out there that has the potential to even win you one game. Yeah, I mean, right now he's that best looking girl at the bar at this point. There's not many to pick from. So you got to take. You might have had a few drinks, but it still looks good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Doc, you feeling the same way? So if you're six and three or better, I'd say 50% because there's always that one person that could go down right before the playoffs. And if you save your fab, not only could you get that, but you could block someone from getting a running back or a wide receiver or quarterback that's popular. Um, but I say if you have five wins or less, I'm with JB. 100% of your fab because we've seen what Davis can do this year without McCaffrey and finding a running back that's going to get a, a kind of a full workload is tough to find. Me and, I mean, me and Bauer Club on the same page, my man. I mean, he's going against that that fat, fat run D. That's the uh, best run defense in the league. So you're basically banking this week that he gets a lot of catches, which is possible for him. Mr. Brad Kilgore, how are you feeling about this? I'm on the other side of this. I think it looks like he's day-to-day, but the thing about C-Mac is if he's playing, even in a limited capacity or on a snap count, I think you have to start him. I think he's that dynamic of a player, and he gets automatic usage when he's out there. And I think if he was going to be out longer, they'd you know say week something like week-to-week. Week. But day-to-day means he could probably play through this if he wanted to, but they'll probably take it slow and make him skip this game. And then there's always alternatives and injuries that come about you know, you could probably pick up a, a Duke Johnson for way less percent of your fab than you could a Mike Davis, and he might give you 10 points plus this week. So I wouldn't blow the budget on on um, uh, Mike Davis this week. All right, I like controversy. John, are you on their side or are you on Brad's side? I'm on their side if only because I don't see why the Panthers would rush him back. I said this when he got hurt the first time, and then he gets goes and gets hurt again and kind of proves me right. Why, why rush him back? The they're not really in it for this season. I don't see any reason to ruin your big money running back over a couple games this year. So I think just because they may take him slower, even if he's day to day, unquote, Mike Davis is going to be the, the number one guy for a game or two. 
John, you asked why the Panthers care because they care about fantasy football players. That's why they care. <laughs> I mean, Matt Rule loves fantasy football in the sense of how many guys he gets the ball to and how much like just fun stuff he can involve. Fourth down, he's going for it. Sixty-seven yard field goals. I mean, how can you not like him? I now, think- I do. I do want to. I want to tell your listeners one thing about myself. I was always that kid. You know, you're younger. You get your your weekly allowance or whatever it is, and your friends they're saving it. They're like, "Oh, I want to get that." PlayStation, or whatever. I was pissing my money away every week. I was never saving it. So that carries <laughs> over here to fantasy football. So I just want to warn your listeners with that little tidbit there. JB, no, I do. JB, I do like it though, and I love it. <laughs> what, what are you going to do with with nine hundred fab in week fifteen that you can't do with six hundred fab? Like, why not? What, that's fair. I mean, it's good points from both sides, but let's move to the next bit of news here. Kyle Allen suffered a dislocated ankle and a small fracture and an ugly injury that we've seen way too much from Washington quarterbacks. Alex Smith right now is the starter for the future going forward. So I'm interested. We'll touch on this guy later, but what are you doing with players for the rest of this team? Do you think value takes a hit all around or these guys just can rise above it all? What do you think, Doc? Um, I would say Terry McLaurin is probably the only one that I would still start because he's probably going to get the targets. Maybe Logan Thomas, if tight ends keep falling the way they are, but I wouldn't really start anyone. Actually, Antonio Gibson, of course, because he's going to get the touches, but I've never been a McKissick fan. I don't, I don't understand why he's certainly, why he's coming up on Twitter all of a sudden. Well, in John's, in John's favorite format. Yeah, it, he's crazy good in PPR, which is why I really don't like PPR because all of a sudden McKissick is a startable player in PPR. <laughs> yeah, JB, you'll learn uh, John is the most anti-PPR person there is. So even just saying that. And this is, this is evidence why. <laughs> yeah, JD McKissick, super relevant. Brad, what do you think? This is your squad. Yeah, I think Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin were always the only startable players on this team. I don't think there's a big step down from Kyle Allen to Alex Smith. I think the main story with the Washington club this year is they're just giving up on Dwayne Haskins. They're they're making him a two. They're not going to let him get better this year, and they just won't cut him. So he's kind of in that RG3 purgatory. So hopefully Alex can stay healthy and Haskins doesn't have to go back into a situation where he knows he's auditioning for other teams. Johnny Foosball, you feeling the same? I, I feel bad for – Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith, who had to go in after that sort of deja vu scenario. I mean, I, I at the beginning of the season, I really didn't want him to play for his own sake. So I, mm-hmm. I think maybe they should put Haskins in at least up as you know, show us what he got. JB, round us off here. What are you thinking? I don't think this negatively impacts Terry McLaurin. The only concern with him, maybe we see a shift in like his the the depth of his targets. You know, I know Alex Smith. He had a few. Uh, you know, uh, he had a career year in Kansas City where he was firing the ball down the field. And I believe that season he was the most accurate passer on deep ball throws. But for me, Terry McLaurin not negatively impacted. Antonio Gibson, this quarterback change, it's not going to impact him. But I actually love this for, for JD McKissick. And I love PPR leagues. And, and Johnny, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. One of my good friends uh, in a few leagues with him, he refuses to play full PPR. He re- oh well, you know it, it devalues the the running backs that aren't catching the ball. You got to adjust your strategy then. And then you have these players like JD McKissick. Yeah, he's getting these little dump offs, but I think he's the one player that's really going to benefit. And then in Logan Thomas, if you're in a tight end premium league and you're hurting, I'm okay with it. 
he's going to get you the four catches, 30 yards, but it's not going to be sexy. Um, so that's kind of where I am. I'm excited to see if they stick with Alex Smith, if they go back to Dwayne Haskins. Brad, like you said, it doesn't seem like they want to give Haskins the chance. So we'll see if they do yeah. that. You know, I, I think they stick with Alex Smith at least for a few weeks here, and you know, hopefully he can just stay healthy. What was I the tight say, end? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Rod. I will say, I think if I was going to put a negative mark on Terry McLaurin going forward for the rest of the year, I'd say it wouldn't be Alex Smith that's affecting his value. I'd say it'd be Steven Sims coming back from his injury. Um, he was the unquestioned number two receiver uh, when before he got hurt. So um, I think him coming back could take some targets away, maybe change the route tree a little bit. It's going to be something to watch. Who is the tight end for the uh, Washington football team? Uh, Logan Thomas. So, can you say it again? <laughs> Logan, Logan Thomas. Uh, we don't we don't say that name around here. He's burned me too many times. We bleep it out. <laughs> At first, I thought I was having audio issues, and I was like, "All right, Dave, all right." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I just I've I've too many times trusted him. He runs a bazillion routes, mm-hmm. and usually when you look at tight ends, you see they run a lot of routes. He doesn't block, so I'm like, okay, easy buy low guy. Take him, pick him up. Literally gets one catch for eight yards. Just call. I started him that game too. It's awful. Yeah, so we we bleep his name out around here. That's why I have trust issues. Yeah, but other bit of news, nothing really to analyze. Just want to give Pete Carroll a nice little golf clap. Got a nice extension. So Congrats, re- congrats oh. being a sleaze, Pete Carroll. It's maybe <laughs> millions. The 69-nice-year-old Pete Carroll becomes the oldest coach uh, in the league, obviously, and he has no signs of slowing down. So he's going to be there for at least five more years. So hopefully he's going to be coaching until he's 74 years old. So props how to much, Mr. How much do you think the contract's for? you think it's in the John Gruden range? No. No, I I can't see that. I think five year forty. What is Gruden making ten mil a year? Yeah, it's probably like a little less. I think five year forty. Fair enough. Let's say he's he's I get the appeal of of staying a few more years to make that much money, but at the same time, just retire, enjoy yourself. Yeah, John, I, I, I'm with you. Retire, Pete Carroll. All right. Well, all right. Well, that being said. If you like what you're hearing so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and a basketball show that you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about you buy now and not think about it and leave us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media, provide daily questions, annoying gifts, public backings of Davis Bertans, and of course, our weekly episode drops. You're three and six or four and five and you're panicking. I get it. You need a show to help you with the stocks of fantasy football. You brought into the right one, my friend. Put us in your ears and you'll begin that payoff on this free investment. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. Now let's get into the, the good stuff here. And we're going to get into the, uh, I guess the GameCube doesn't really, uh, doesn't really... <laughs> <laughs> that was the wrong drop. That's not the one I wanted. <laughs> I was wondering how that applied. That was meant for the game of the week later, but I liked it. I still liked it. I kind of liked it. It's nostalgia for us. But um, so basically, again, looking at a lot of players that were trending on Twitter to either buy or sell, I'm interested to see where you guys lean on these players, so we can help out people that are struggling with the decisions to decide what they're doing with these guys. So let's start out with number one. And this guy is not someone at the beginning of the year I think anybody thought was going to be on this list. And that is Lamar Jackson, who scored under 20 fantasy points for the fifth time already this season. 
And it's interesting that um, he scored 18 fantasy points this week, but 11.8 of them were against or in the running game. So he only scored basically 6.2 points in the passing game. He's faced some tough matchups, the Steelers, the Colts, and the Chiefs. Um, has a, a schedule looking forward that kind of opens up with the Cowboys, Titans, and Patriots, and Browns, and Jags. So I'm interested to see. Where are you guys leaning for Lamar Jackson? Let's start with JV. Just like you said, Dave, his schedule does open up. When you look at the def- defensive efficiency numbers, 14th easiest over the next four weeks. And then during the playoffs, weeks 14 to 16, it's the fourth easiest schedule for all, all quarterbacks. My issue with Lamar Jackson is if you want to buy him, if you want to acquire him, you're going to have to pay up. You know, the, the name value alone is driving that price up. And he just isn't giving you the upside that he was in, in 2019. You know, averaging 20 points per game, coming in at 12th, you know, it, it just isn't enough for me. So with the, the cost to acquire, I'm going to look other other directions there, quarterback. Interesting. And I want to acknowledge John Luke. Always do it for you, buddy. Um, yeah, so again, if you're selling Lamar Jackson, what do you think you can get? What are you asking for in return then if you're trying to get rid of him? is Are, are we looking at it from a one quarterback redraft league here? Yes, very good question. So yeah, we'll do we'll stick with redraft and let's say it is one quarterback for this purpose. Oh man. I mean it it also depends on who the options are on the waiver wire, who I have on my bench. But if I can upgrade any other position, he just isn't giving you the points over replacement that he previously was. So I mean, I don't have a specific guy in mind, but I, I would be looking to upgrade, even if you can get a slight bump, you know, at your wide receiver two position, honestly, and give you that upgrade. It's just, Lamar Jackson. He isn't doing what he was doing previously. And I'll mention him a little bit later, but Kyler Murray's that guy this year, you know, so it's j- just other directions. I would much rather go. So let's say I have an Aaron Rodgers on my bench. I'm going to be more willing to move a player like Lamar Jackson because I have that built in value and production coming in off of my bench okay let me ask you this and then i'll move on to a couple of you other guys for this Uh, i'll play a little bit of a name game lamar jackson or josh allen i'll take josh allen lamar jackson or tom brady lamar jackson even though tom brady has a pretty nice schedule as well to, to close out the season i just think we saw it already to an extent, and I don't want to say, and I know people were saying it, oh, you see the Buccaneers, they bring in Antonio Brown. It's a shit show now. They're not going to be able to do anything. They're they're all out of whack. I do think the chemistry is going to be a little bit off to, to, to go along here. But for me, I'm still going to go Lamar Jackson over Brady. All right. Doc, are you buying or selling Lamar Jackson if you have him? I'm buying Lamar Jackson if you don't have him. His playoff schedule is at Cleveland, Jacksonville, and New York Giants. I think if you're in a position now where you, you know you can make the playoffs and Lamar would upgrade at quarterback, I mean, he's still – he. you mentioned 11 of his 18 points came from rushing. That's the upside that very few quarterbacks have. You mentioned Kyler, Josh Allen, uh, probably Russell, and maybe Deshaun a little bit. But I think the rushing stats are very valuable. If I was selling him, if I was in a position where I needed to win, and even though the Ravens had their, their bye week already – I'd be looking at someone like Ryan Tannehill, maybe like a, a little bit of a downgrade of quarterback, but then looking for like a Robbie Anderson or like a Miles Gaskins type before he got hurt, where it's like a solid RB2 and wide receiver two. Tannehill could easily give you the output that 
Lamar has done for the majority of the year. And you'd feel confident starting Robbie Anderson or a Miles Gaskins probably over who you're running back to or wide receiver to is. Fair enough. I think what's important to bring up that arguably one of the best left tackles in the game, Ronnie Stanley's out for the year now with his ankle. So that's already impacting Lamar Jackson's time behind the line. And they haven't looked quite the same losing Marshall Yonda, who was the best guard in football by most people. So you're losing two of your best linemen, uh, and you're kind of seeing the result of him having less time in the pocket, scrambling and not being as effective. Brad and John, real quick, let's wrap this one up. Starting with you, Brad. Um, you buying or selling Lamar? For me, I'm a buy low on Lamar Jackson. I think what makes football so difficult is that you only get 16 games, right? So your sample size is very small, and you have a lot of variance in between games. And I think with Lamar, it's very tough not to get wrapped up in the recency bias and say, okay, he's had his, you know, his past four games or so has been slow, and it's not what we're accustomed to seeing. So, uh, you know, I want to get rid of this guy, or he's not what he can be, but... I think Lamar Jackson, the thing with him is his running ability makes his floor so high that if you're going to trade for him, you're betting on the upside. So that's fine to me. You guys mentioned the schedule coming out. Um, to me, it's more likely that he regresses to his mean, which is actually upside from last year. He was the MVP last year. It's more likely that he actually, you know, gets his, his running side of the ball. Uh, his average is a lot higher, and then the passing game will open up with that um i definitely buy buy low on lamar all right and john what are you thinking i don't want to say i'm reading too much into the second half that he had last week but he was 10 for 10 with 120 yards and then 43 yards uh, rushing and a touchdown so maybe he something finally clicked for him and as brad said he's getting back and, and regressing is a an odd term to use for improving but going back to his old self <laughs> all right i like it Let's finish the quarterback position, and let's touch on the two guys I have on this list, and that's Teddy H2O, H2O, Mr. Waterboy, and Baker Mayfield. So, uh, Doc, I'll start with you. You can pick whichever one you want to talk about, and then you're going to buy or sell them. Uh, So I'm selling Teddy Bridgewater. He has three games with 20-plus fantasy points, but I think he just had the biggest spotlight. Like, the, the Panthers were beating the Chiefs for the majority of the game. I think a lot of people started paying attention to how he's looking, and this is probably the highest his stock will ever be. And if you don't feel confident with him the rest of the year, and, and maybe there's somebody that's a Carolina fan or a Teddy Bridgewater fan, and they love what he's done with his recovery, um, I would sell him now because I don't think he's going to have much more value than he's shown. All right. I agree with you 100% selling. Brad, who do you want to touch on between the two? I'll go Teddy. Um so he's sitting at QB 11 right now, and that's about where I had him tagged at the beginning of the season, give or take a few spots. Uh, he's always been accurate, and he's always been able to move around a bit. He's interesting because he's very polarizing. You know, when you have a polarizing player, trade value is hard to agree upon. Um, he's got a tough schedule ahead of him for passing defenses, so I'd probably sell high if you can. All right, two sells for Mr. Bridgewater. John? Uh, I'll I'll touch on Baker then to add a little variety. But for the record, I was also a sell on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but Baker is really living off of that five-touchdown game, and I think that's about it. He wasn't looking phenomenal before that. And everybody can claim that maybe OBJ going down makes him better as a passer. I don't really know how you can argue that long-term. Maybe it works better in the short-term over one game. But for the rest of the season – 
who else could you say, oh, if they lose their number one option, they're definitely going to be better. That thought process just doesn't make any sense to me. And I would, if you didn't sell him after the five touchdown game, sell him before he screws it up some more. All right. And JB, what do you think? And which one do you want to touch on? Uh, both of them very quickly. Teddy Bridgewater, sure. Baker Mayfield. I'm going to sell both of them. You know, looking at Teddy, the sixth most difficult schedule over the next four weeks. And then playoffs, it's the third most difficult. And we talked about upside with Lamar Jackson. Teddy Bridgewater and Baker Mayfield, yeah, they've had some splash games, but they're typically not giving you that upside that we want out of the quarterback position. Teddy, he's actually only 1.7 points per game back from Lamar Jackson. You know, wow. and when looking at that, you would say, wow. So just that's my issue with one quarterback leagues. I'm a big super flex person, obviously, in Dynasty, but – in one quarterback leagues, I'm just not the person to pay up for quarterbacks or overvalue them. But in the same breath, there are two quarterbacks that I'm willing to overpay for at this point and to secure that advantage over the rest of the league. And it's Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert, both extremely you know solid schedules over the rest of the season. And then they, they both give you, obviously Kyler gives you that, the the insane upside that we saw in Lamar Jackson, obviously, but then Justin Herbert, he's just putting up you know, 28 points per game, and they're giving you that advantage over replacement-level players like a Teddy or a Baker. So I'm willing to pay up. Those are the two quarterbacks that I'm going to pay up for. Uh, if you would have asked me 20 other quarterbacks, I would sell, 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 sell. <laughs> I love that, and, and I agree with everything you guys were saying. Teddy Bridgewater, I think it's interesting because if that big game against the Chiefs you look at, but you look at the three games before that, he averaged 13.5 fantasy points per game. So that low stretch was kind of sandwiched in between 20-point games. You don't really know what you're going to get from him. I think obviously his value increases with Christian McCaffrey because a lot of dump-offs will go to him. He gets some cheap touchdowns that way. Um, In Week 10, he plays the Buccaneers. After that, it's the Lions, the Vikings, their bye, Broncos, and Packers. So he has a good stretch of defenses. I'm comfortable with him as a backup, as an emergency. If we're in a super flex, he's fine. Um, but if, if we're in a one quarterback league, I'm more comfortable with him as a backup than my starter. And uh, just more, again, just having that depth. But yeah, I'm selling him if he's a starter. And Baker, um, yeah, you guys touched on it. Not impressed with it. He had that one five touchdown game, but... I don't. I think we know who and, he is right now. And Nick Chubb's coming back, so they're gonna they're gonna stop doing dump offs and just do power running. They're Baker, one of the top. I uh, hardly know her. Uh, they they are they're one of the top five. They won. Can't speak. They run the five in the top five most running plays in the league. They're in the top five for that. So they yeah they run the ball like crazy. And that so. shouldn't be surprised anybody because Kevin Kevin Stefanski coming over from Minnesota, and that's exactly what they did in Minnesota. And they're still doing it there. So that shouldn't really be surprising anybody. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski just likes to screw over all our fantasy teams if you have pass catchers in his offenses. <laughs> right, right. Um, let's move to some running backs now. Everybody loves the running backs. And let's start off by itself with just Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis. So I'm just interested to see you guys. It's interesting. I just want to point this stat out about Christian McCaffrey. He was the 26th ranked running back um, after this week in PPR after missing six games already. So I think that's wild. Um, so I'm interested to see if you have McCaffrey, if you have Mike Davis, what are you doing? Because if you have both of them, that's fine. You just play with whoever uh, whoever's playing. But if you have one or the other, like if I have Christian McCaffrey, if someone offers me a, 
a back end wide receiver one and an RB two or something. I get, are, are you looking to trade Trist, Christian McCaffrey in case you're worried that the injury stuff keeps catching up to him? If you have Mike Davis and you see he might have a few more weeks of value, we're trying to sell high on him. So Brad, I'll start with you. What are you doing if you don't have, if you have one of them, but not the other? Yeah, I think the strategy really changes depending on which one you have. Go ahead and um, touch on both. Yeah. I, I'd say if you have CMC, you keep CMC. I, if you're in a position where, you know, not having him on your team is really, you know, dragging you down the leaderboard and you have a lot of holes you need to fill, that's a little bit of a different uh, situation. But if he's just, you know, if he's, I'm sure you drafted him number one or two, if he's somebody that you're plugging in and starting every day, you just kind of have to keep him and hold on to him and hope that he gets healthy. Um, as for Mike Davis, you know, I, I'm just not big on the whole one-game rental thing. I, I think if you can sell him, you should. I, it doesn't really matter for what. I think if CMC is healthy, he's going to play, even if he's like a, an 80% CMC is just as good or if not better than Mike Davis, and I think you have to kind of roll with the best guy. All right, fair enough. John, where are you going for this one? I think Brad did a good job on touching it. For these two specifically, I think it really – depends on where you are in the standings because if you can withstand a couple games of you know, Christian McCaffrey and not worry about your playoff spot, then by all means, just keep him. Or if you don't have him, you know, try and see what you can get for him. But it really, if you're desperate, you can plug some holes for you. All right, JB? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It, you know, Obviously, it depends where you are in the standings. It depends who you have on the roster. But let's say that you were lucky enough to pick up like a James Robinson off of waivers throughout the season. And you're okay letting CMC sit there if he's injured because you have the other players there to rely on. I'm not going to move him. And I'm not necessarily in a rush to pick up Mike Davis, especially if he's already rostered. Now, if the pre- I always say on Dynasty Theory, it's price dependent. And I, I was joking. I, I was talking to Mitch, one of my co-hosts, and I said I was jumping on with you guys tonight. And we were talking about buying and selling. And I said, for everyone, I'm just going to go price dependent. <laughs> just every single one all the way down. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, Brad, I, I agree with what he's saying. I understand the concern with the one game rental. Now, if he's on waivers and it looks like he's out there in about 25% of Yahoo leagues, sure. sure. And, and I already said, I'm not the kid that's going to save his money and go buy that Xbox. I'm going to keep spending on all this junk $5 at a time. Um, yeah, Mike Davis, somebody that's going to interest me there. But if I have the other running backs that are going to keep me afloat, I, I'm okay hanging tight and not necessarily chasing Mike Davis if it's going to you know, make me a little bit vulnerable at a different position. Makes sense. I think you guys touched on it beautifully. I won't add anything to that. So let's move on to the rest of these backs and pick Wait, up. Can I say one thing? Can I think, say one more thing? No, I was. you're done. Okay. What are you going to say? <laughs> um, I think regardless of who you own, you need to trade for the other. If you have Mike Davis, I think you need to trade for CMC. And obviously, if you have CMC, you trade for Mike Davis. Because we're at the point in the season now where you should be trying to monopolize backfields. Because I don't care how much you need to give up to get CMC. If you have both of them, then come playoff time, assuming you get in, you're going to have one of your running back slots filled. And then it's, it's okay, well, I don't have to roll the dice on this free agent pickup or this this you know running back that has a situational opportunity. I think at this point in the season, you're going to try to monopolize the backfield to secure a running back spot. Doc's Whoa. over there trying to get Boardwalk and Park Place so he can put her yeah. up. You <laughs> yeah, say, you say monopolize. I instantly I think Monopoly. Oh yeah. Yeah, Eric, your opinion is always wrong. 
I'm thinking John Rockefeller, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't be the one finishing out segments. So well, let's move on then. So <laughs> we're going to move on to the other three running backs on this list. And again, if you want to touch on all three real quick, if there's one specifically you want to touch on, and we're going to start with you, John, that's Zeke, David Montgomery, and Jonathan Taylor. And I know Montgomery's a little tough because he's in the concussion protocol right now. So you can't really sell him while he's kind of going through that. Um, but which one do you want to touch on? Well, with David Montgomery, I, I don't even know why it's a question. Just trade him if you can. I wasn't thinking he was having a barn burn every year anyway. He's the definition of like this cup of water. It's like he's an he's an RB2, like borderline flex, like you need him, but like he's so bland. Like, But I, I also wanted to put this out there. You have to sell Taylor because when Jordan Wilkins is ever taking him in the snap count, that's worrisome. Get out while you still can before Naeem Hines over jumps him tail. <laughs> All right. John, what are you thinking? The other John, JB. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to sell. He has eight avoided tackles on 106 carries. Frank Gore has 16 on 100. <laughs> Old man Frank Gore is more elusive than Jonathan Taylor. You know, we, we were so excited. And I was too with Jonathan Taylor. He was my rookie 101. I had him even after the Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I was still Jonathan Taylor, and we were excited about that offensive line in Indianapolis. He has not looked good. You know, just like Johnny said, Jordan Wilkins, he's looked much better. There's just been no explosiveness, no elusiveness, and you know, it's somebody that, yeah, he has a very easy schedule all throughout the season. And looking at David Montgomery, him too, but they're just guys that if I can sell. Jonathan Taylor on name value. If I can sell David Montgomery on, oh, he's an RB2, maybe I can package him up. And I love David Montgomery, and I took a lot of shit from people for supporting <laughs> him throughout the offseason. And now I'm hiding. I'm like, no, no, I never liked David Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, both of those guys, I, I just think they're not they're not going to be exciting here. And everybody, including myself, we always look at the schedule coming up. Oh, it's going to be a cakewalk for these two. Chicago, they're, they're – uh, you know, a, a boring offensive system. They're not creative at all. They're not utilizing David Montgomery in the way that he should be. He's getting hit in the backfield every single play, terrible offensive line. And, you know, CMC, we talked about him, obviously. And then Zeke's on this list. Sell him. I, I don't want anything to do with that offense the rest of the way. I think the thing with Zeke that's really hard is you're, it's going to be like, what's worth trading Zeke? Like, you're not going to obviously hold out for an RB1, but you're like, what am I willing to settle for? for a guy that you use a, a top five, top six pick on. So I think it's really, it's, it's a hard situation to trade Zeke for sure. But if you can find someone, let me ask you guys this. Someone offers you James Robinson. Anybody say no? No. I'd say no. You would say no. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to touch on uh, Montgomery and Zeke. So quiet, quiet is kept. David Montgomery is an RB14, and he's going to get all the touches he can handle. No one challenging him, but a converted wide receiver in Cordero Patterson. If someone is selling him, you should buy. I, I think workhorse running backs are hard to come across. And then I know how bad the Cowboys are. I know Zeke looks slow. I know he's not getting any chunk plays. But with all that happening, he's the RB5 at this current point. Like, much like David Montgomery, if someone is selling a workhorse running back, you buy them. The floor is so low, especially in a PPR league. Brad, I don't know what I, Brad, I don't know what I did you in a past life, but I don't think we've agreed on one thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I say, Brad's rolling his eyes over there. And- we needed, we talked before the show and we said you needed a rival. So 
Well, I think it's Brad. Let's go. <laughs> it's all love. It's all love. And Brad, you know you're upsetting friend of the pod, Ian Hartz, because you know that's a that's Mr. Cordero Patterson over there. So I know he loves. Better him. watch what you say, uh, John and Eric. Just real quick, uh, John, we'll start with you. Any anybody you want to touch on from this specifically? John went first. Oh, that's right. I'm, We'd I'm rather hear again. John say his opinion twice before <laughs> yeah. I go. Go ahead, Eric. I mean, I know the people do. Um, so similar to CMC with the Zeke situation. I think you're trying to acquire both one way or another um, and, and get Tony Pollard if you can. I'm with Brad on David Montgomery. I know he has a concussion now and he's boring, but since uh, Tariq Cohen got hurt, the lowest amount of uh, touches that he's had in a game is 17. So that's a lot okay. of volume right there. That's that's tough to find for any given running back. It, it's, it's more opportunities for him to get in the end zone is what I look at, okay. and that can salvage okay. his day. Um and then for Jonathan Taylor, I'm buying him. The time to sell has passed. And JB's big on Twitter. He knows how fantasy Twitter was. Before this season, everybody was salivating over Jonathan Taylor, especially after Marlon Mack got hurt week one. I was seeing people saying, is there anybody worth more in Dynasty right now than Jonathan Taylor? I mean, that, that was a discussion people were having. So I don't think now is the time to sell. I think you buy. He's had one fumble on the year, and that was last week against the Ravens. Colts are really banged up at wide receivers, so I could see them running the ball more. I think Sunday left a bad taste in people's mouth, but I don't think the game script followed their way. In the playoffs, I like his Week 14 and 15 matchup at Raiders and at home versus the Texans. I think that offensive line is really, really good, and uh, I think the Colts might be saving him for later in the season as they're 5-3 and and in contention. Interesting. I actually weirded out that I agree with you on Jonathan Taylor. Um, that's the only one I'm just going to touch on. Just Jonathan Taylor, I think, again, you get him probably as low as he's going to be right now. Played the Ravens. It's a brutal matchup. Does play the Titans twice, the Texans twice, the Packers and the Raiders his next six weeks. And like you said, Eric, I think they are going to give him more of a chance. I think he's also hurt that he's not saying anything. So I, I, I would, if it doesn't cost you like break the bank, I would take a chance on him just for the chance that, that he comes hot at the end of the year. I wouldn't give up anything crazy, but um, I am interested to try to buy low if I can. So Dave, I know you don't like to let doc finish out a segment here, but, but doc, what do you, what do you let, what are you going to move for him straight up? If you're in a redraft league, if you're looking at your running backs, where's that threshold for you? If I'm trying to buy him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I would say if I could trade, because obviously you have to give up a running back. Um, I would give up someone like a Miles Sanders for sure. Um, I would give up anyone in the Tampa Bay backfield along with another player. I mean, I would probably have him in my top 10 to 12 the rest of the season, just because I think when they're in close, he's going to be the one to get the, the red zone touches. I think he's young too. And a lot of the running backs we've seen get hurt this year are a little bit older so I think they're being cautious, cautious with him right away because he is their future, especially losing Marlon Mack week one. I think they want to have him out there for the important game. So I'd say there's probably only the top five to seven running backs currently ranked now that I wouldn't try to trade him for. One pro that what? Good. What what one pro that I'll say in his defense? He's actually been sold in the past game. 20 targets, 20 receptions. In terms of yards per route run, he's right behind DeAndre Swift. And we think of DeAndre Swift as a player that's been able to excel in the passing game. Jonathan Taylor hasn't been far behind. I just want to see him get used more in the running game and not get in the doghouse after his only fumble of the season. He had one carry after that fumble on Sunday. JB, let me ask you this. 
If you had Todd Gurley and somebody offered you a trade for Jonathan Taylor, would you take it? I'm going to hold Todd Gurley in redraft. Okay. And I know a lot of his value, it's bolstered up by the touchdown upside, but at least he gives you something. He gives you some of that upside. And we've seen this Atlanta offense move the ball. So I might kick myself for it later, but I'll hold on to Todd Gurley. Okay. All right. Let's move to wide receivers then. And we've got a couple different guys here to talk about. So let's do half and then we'll do the other half after. So let's do the first three here. And that's Terry McLaurin, Hollywood Brown, and Tyler Lockett. So, JV, we'll go right back to you. If you want to talk about all, all three guys, that's cool. If there's one that sticks out for you, what are you doing with these three? Terry McLaurin by Hollywood Brown. I never wanted anything to do with him. I've, you know, I don't like to say I bash a player, but he's somebody that I've been out on throughout the entire offseason. And I've kind of been doing half ass victory laps throughout the season <laughs> so far. Why not? I'm not uh, I get too tired, man. I get too tired doing a full victory lap. And then Tyler Lockett, I'm actually going to buy. You know, I think that offense, obviously, we see how explosive it is. But Tyler Lockett, he's been playing second fiddle the last few weeks ever since that massive game to, to DK Metcalf. So I think people are going to have some recency bias. If a current manager has Tyler Lockett and you're able, able to acquire at a reasonable price, and I think you might be able to, that's a move I'm looking to make, whether it's redraft or dynasty. All the way around, give me Tyler Lockett. Yeah, so Tyler Lockett's interesting because he's been the definition of boom bust right now. Over the last six weeks, he's been a num- the number one wide receiver twice, and then he's been outside the top 50 four other times. So uh, you might this week, I mean, you might be able to get him right now cheaper because with the Rams this week, Jalen Ramsey on DK Metcalf, he might have one of those games. And they also play the Cardinals again, who he had 20 targets and 200 yards against. So um, this is, again, probably the lowest point you can get him. So I agree 100% with you on the locket point. Doc, where are you going for these guys? I'm buying all of them. Terry McLaurin, um, five-plus catches in six out of eight games, 100-plus yards in three out of eight. For anyone that watched the, the Skins or the Washington football team Giants game, um, yeah, watch yourself. The, the, the touchdown he had was all him. He's a playmaker. I'm buying Lockett because he can go off and single-handedly win you a week. You mentioned the game against Arizona. He had 53 fantasy points. And he's playing with arguably the most accurate passing quarterback in the league. So I'm buying him if anybody's looking to sell. I'm actually buying Hollywood, too. Raven's schedule gets easier. He's the type of player like Tyreek Hill where he could have one play that makes his day. Um, I don't really see any competition at wide receiver. I know that uh, they signed Des Bryant and he's he's moving to the active um, player squad, but I don't see anybody overtaking him. And uh, I think if, if the Ravens ever have to play from behind, then it's going to favor him in game scripts. Okay. I mean, fair enough. And shout out to Johnny for the quietest sneeze on air I've ever heard. But um, <laughs> so, I mean, the one thing I'm scared of of this list as a Terry McLaurin owner he had a huge 68-yard catch, but it was on a 15-yard basis. I think he curled in on a 15-yard curl, broke three tackles, and took it to the house. We have checked down Alex Smith going, and maybe if you're in a PPR league, he's a little bit more valuable. But if you're in a half or a non-PPR league, I'm a little scared of Terry McLaurin because I just think he's not going to get the deeper targets, and he's just going to get these five, seven-yard checkdowns, and it's going to limit the Redskins' offense in general. I think it's going to be more limited. But That's again, if good. you're in a... If you're in a non-PPR league or in a half-PPR league, I'm worried that the the explosive plays downfield aren't going to happen, and the amount of times they're in the red zone isn't going to happen. 
Um, so I, I, I'm a little scared. I'm not saying I'm selling Terry McLaurin. But David, I, um, did you just say I, a knock on Terry McLaurin is that he made a great play? Yeah, I'm saying that's what. Can it you rely like. on him catching a, a, a pass, breaking three tackles, and scoring a touchdown? And John, your other nemesis. Uh, well, David, I think I think he leads. I think he if he doesn't lead the league, I think he's pretty close to leading the league for wide receivers and yards after catch. Like he's he's known for being shifty. He's known he's for breaking tackles. He's a yak daddy. Like he's gonna. Those little five to seven yard routes that he gets, you know, you're getting the PPR point and whatever he does after it. Like, I think he, he's known for breaking plays open. And I think that's not something you have to be scared about. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, John, anybody you want to touch on from this list? Um, buying Terry, I don't think Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins at some point are you much of a downgrade from Kyle Allen at all. If you liked him before, you should continue liking him. Uh, I'm selling Hollywood. I just don't have the confidence in the upside that I do on Lamar because my confidence in Lamar is not based on his throwing ability for the rest of the season. I think he's it's going to be a run-heavy offense uh, with a little bit of play action sprinkled in. And, and Tyler Lockett, big-time buy on Tyler Lockett. That offense is just too powerful. Like, you, you yeah. can't contain it. <laughs> it's too powerful. Yeah, I know. Is it like a DBZ yeah. throwback almost to last week, David? <laughs> oh, <you> wanna... <laughs> yeah, I give you the Super Saiyan power up. Um, I'll also say the thing about Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf is they both have seventy targets. Like this is all about opportunities. You want to put yourself in a position where you know the guy you pick, you can have optimism that he's going to get a lot of opportunities to score, get a lot of opportunities to catch, get touches, all that. Lockett and Metcalf are going to get a similar amount of touches. And I think that's something you can bet on. All right. Well, let's move then to the other half of the wide receivers list. And that's DJ Moore, Travis Fulgham. Oh, yes, it's those two. DJ Moore and Travis Fulgham. <laughs> we'll keep it short and sweet. So I think let's start with Doc this time. Two guys in very different directions here. So it's funny how you broke them up because I said I'd buy the first three and I'm selling these two. And I actually bought DJ Moore from John earlier in the year. He's won a hundred yard game. He has back-to-back games with two catches. Curtis Samuel is getting more involved. He's getting rushing stats too. And when a wide receiver starts getting rushing stats, that's when I start getting a little nervous for the others on the team. He has three touchdowns on the season and that was over two games. He had four last year. He's just not getting the red zone looks. He's somebody that, uh, you know, is, is getting those um, targets during the field, but are um, when they're driving, but not not where it really counts. And Fulgham, I'm selling as well. Ertz, Goddard, maybe Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson are all poised to return at some point this year. He has a touchdown in his last four to f- or four out of five games. I don't think he's going to keep that up. And I think there's a chance that Carson Wentz gets hurt if he keeps playing the way he does. And I think Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, drives down any pass catcher value on that team. I'm going to say one thing and I, every DJ Moore owner feels this pain, is what did he ever do to Matt Rule? Just, did he not go to his, like, didn't go to Temple? Is that why he doesn't yeah, get the ball? He, he didn't go to Temple. No, he like, it's, it's ridiculous. Ireland. It's like he's so talented, and Robbie Anderson becomes the number one, who's not a bad player, but why does he get twice as many targets as DJ Moore? Why is Curtis Samuel, like, eating into his workload at all? Like, DJ Moore is a talent. I don't care what Steve Smith says, but, like, 
Like it's it's unbelievable to me that I'm like literally going to be benching DJ Moore. And like I'm not I wasn't a DJ Moore like truther. I was a lot more on the AJ Brown trade as far as receivers going in that range, but I ended up drafting DJ Moore in a couple leagues and it's just like it's just frustrating. He's literally I think one of the most frustrating players right now. And if I look at anybody and going to Carolina, if they went to Temple, I'm going to draft them from now on. That's just how I look at it. Good rule of thumb. Yeah. Brad, what do you think? Uh, I want to touch on Fulgham uh, in particular. Um, he's already a wide receiver 34, and he hasn't started the full year, and he's just coming off a of bye week. I, to me, in my eyes, he's this year's DJ Chark. Um, sometimes stars come out of nowhere. I think he's a star. And he's the second highest PFF grade of any second-year wide receiver. I think he's a buy, and especially in Dynasty, he's a huge buy. Ooh. All right. John? Johnny? I'll give you one of each. Uh, DJ Moore. Um, I'm really out on DJ Moore. His last two games, he had 18 yards and he had 55 the game before that, and 45 of those were on the last drive. That's not really sustainable to keep in your lineup. Not that I think there's going to be a big market for him either. Uh, Fulgham. I actually buy him. Like ever since he came on the scene, he's a he's a touchdown machine, and they're going to be playing in competitive games that have division impact and playoff implications, no matter how bad their record is for the rest of the season, just because of that division. So there's not going to be a let up there. And Alshon Jeffrey's never coming back. I've had Alshon Jeffrey on my bench all freaking year, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he is never coming back. <laughs> I will say this about uh, DJ Moore. Um, I think Samuel's kind of used more as a gadget guy with his running touches. And while DJ is probably the number one target with 52 to Samuel's 43, I think if you can get the QB 11 number one target, you're going to be in good shape over the long run. JB, finish this one out for us. I mean, yeah, just touching on the, the Panthers wide receivers, just like Brad said, Curtis Samuel is being more, he's being used more in the role that we expected coming out of college. He's being used close to the line of scrimmage. If you look last year, his average depth of target was over 14 yards. This year, it's six. Six yards in the air mm-hmm. per target. So he's being used close to the line of scrimmage where he's able to excel. DJ Moore, he's going the other way. His average depth of target has increased, which is interesting right. because we know Teddy Bridgewater, he's not a deep ball thrower typically. And so DJ Moore, I'm selling. But can you get for him at this point? I mean, What's your favorite sandwich place? Maybe you can get like a foot long at some point. I don't know what you can get. And his playoff schedule, third most difficult in terms of defensive efficiency. Uh, and over the next four games, six most difficult. And then for Travis Fulgham, they're going up against the Giants, the Browns, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals, Cowboys. You know, I think the opportunity is going to be there. He's developed that relationship and that rapport with Carson Wentz where every other player on that team, they've been injured. Travis Fulgham has been the lone guy there as a receiving option that's been the only consistency for Carson Wentz. And I think that's going to continue. So buy Travis Fulgham, sell DJ Moore. I mean, in all likelihood, though, if I have DJ Moore probably holding him, and just kind of keeping him on my bench. Hopefully, he can do something eventually. Yeah, JB, JB, how do you feel about DJ Moore in a dynasty league? I, I, I took a lot of shit for this. So, uh, DJ Moore, 
I like DJ more. I really do. Obviously, the age-adjusted metrics, the young breakout age, the college dominator, everything points to to him being a stud. And we've seen it already at the NFL level. But for me, I just uh, – I, I forget who mentioned I think it was Doc maybe. He doesn't get the more valuable targets. He's not getting the red zone opportunities. He's not a player typically – that's going to thrive on fewer targets like a Kenny Galladay or a Calvin Ridley. Typically, obviously there was a game recently where DJ Moore, he had like three targets and two of them were deep touchdowns, you know, but I'm holding him in dynasty. If I have DJ Moore and most likely he's very difficult to move. If you have him, that's kind of my philosophy. I kind of, the way I look at, you know, players in the redraft league, I, if I would hold them long term in a dynasty, I kind of hold them. I tend to hold them in a redraft league just because, yep. you know, that's it's going to kind of come out in the wash. It's going to average out, so you can't really, you know, make a decision on one specific matchup. You know, that's that's kind of why I, I I lean towards holding them. Yeah, and, and we've seen the upside. The, the upside is tremendous, and if yeah. he's going to get the targets, great. But Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel, obviously Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. I thought Ian Thomas was going to be a thing. I just I hang my head in shame for that one. But, <laughs> you and I are both, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. I have him everywhere in Dynasty. He's just collecting dust. But, yeah, uh, he's a hold for me in Dynasty, DJ Moore. I want to just touch on one thing about DJ Moore, and then we can move on. He is 27th in points per game in non-PPR, and he's 37th in PPR. Has 35 catches in nine games, which is 16 game pace, 62 catches, 1,138 yards, five touchdowns on 110 targets. And he has three red zone targets this year. 11 games, he has six plus targets. Um, he's just, he's an enigma. I don't know what to do with him. I'm holding on to him, like you said, most likely, JV. Like, I'm not going to get what I want for him. But he's never been a big touchdown guy, and everybody always talks about the positive regression that you think is coming. It's not happening for him. Now he has more competition. Um, He's just – keep him on your bench, and then you hope something changes at this point. But The the one thing real quick, Dave, you mentioned Mm -hmm. positive regression. I know a lot of people, you say positive regression. I think Johnny said earlier it's weird to hear it that way, and then – the the real stat people, oh, you know, you know that that's a misnomer. All this stuff, so we're not going <laughs> to get into that. But people talk about positive regression or negative regression, and they look at the mean over the course of the entire NFL. You have to look at the mean of the player. There are some players, Devontae Adams, he's going to get touchdowns. It's going to happen. Him. Yeah, DJ Moore, he's not. So you have two different types of players, and you can't throw both of them back to the mean of the NFL. It just doesn't work that way. And DJ Moore, just like you said, Dave, everybody always says, oh, the touchdowns are going to pick up. They're going to pick up. Just because of the types of targets he gets, I don't see that happening. Yeah, that's fair. I I agree with you. And um, again, if you have him, just probably hold on to him, hope something changes, but it's, it's ugly right now. And speaking of ugly, just like the, uh, this is the dock of positions. It's the tight ends. And we just got two of them on this list, so we'll touch on them both real quick, starting with Doc. Mark Andrews and Johnny Smith, what are you doing with them? All right, well, I'm going to put a poll out on our Twitter thing and just see, get the get the pulse of the people of who's uglier, you or I, because I think it's you. <laughs> I thought you were actually going <laughs> to list a good poll, but go ahead. Um, for me, it's a sell, and I have one stat for each. For Mark Andrews, Jimmy Graham has scored more points than him this year. That's an automatic sell for me. Johnny Smith. First four games, he had 18 catches on 27 targets. His last four games, he has six catches on 10 targets. 
I think you're selling him for anyone that doesn't pay attention because once AJ Brown has come back, he's taken a reduced role. I, one thing that we won't talk about today because it's an interesting discussion. I think it's one of the hardest things to say who's better between AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. That's that's a whole separate discussion. But I think they are like they are arguably like the two best up and coming. DK receivers. Metcalf. Well, that's your opinion, uh, Brad. Where are you going for these two guys? Um, so for me, I'm buying Andrews and I'm selling Jono. Um, so for Andrews, I don't know if I've ever been more disappointed in a top 10 position scoring player. Uh, he's sitting at T8 right now, which is solid, but I had him pegged as a top three tight end this year. Uh, we've already spoken about Lamar having good passing matchups going forward. I think Andrews is the most likely beneficiary as opposed to some of the wide receivers just because of this historical uh, passing breakdown. So I'm a buyer of Andrews. I think he'll have positive regression. As for Jono, uh, we mentioned it. You know, Derrick Henry is the offense, and that means more times than not, they're eating clock, and they're not a high-paced team. A.J. Brown is their best target, and Corey Davis is kind of feast or famine. So it's hard for me to bet on Jono, even though he's having a solid year. And Johnny, real quick, these two guys? Um, I sell Johnny Smith. Eric said it best. He has six catches in his past four games. Like, that's just miserable. And Mark Andrews, I've been spamming trade requests with everyone in our in our league trying to get rid of him because I just I'm I'm done. I can't do I can't do it anymore. Um I have Darren Waller too. It was just I Mark just Andrews sounds like, Mark Andrews sounds like a drug that you can't quit. Yeah. Any anybody who wants to take him off my hands. Um, it, it, that's uh, he's selling. I'm selling him. Donate him to charity. Don't sell him. Donate. It was a. It was very nice hitting the decline button when you sent him to me. JV, <laughs> I'm going to sell both Andrews and Jonu Smith. Um, you know, for Andrews, it's just that concern of the offense. The number of targets aren't there to go around. And I know, I know, Brad. I know Lamar Jackson. He's gonna he's gonna pick it back up, and we're gonna see the Lamar of old. I hope so because I have him on several dynasty teams and he's been fine. He's been fine, but I'm, I'm looking to get, you know, a little more out of Mark Andrews, like we've talked about. And I just don't know if it's going to happen. He's become a tight end. A lot of them are very touchdown dependent. And he's not a guy that was going to get a lot of targets. They, they kind of monitor his snap count. You know, he has diabetes. So I think that's kind of comes into it, but uh, Johnny Smith, I'm, I'm selling him as well. You know, like you guys mentioned, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, those are the cornerstones of that offense. Um, uh, tight end, I'm willing to pay up for Travis Kelsey. Um, he is my fantasy MVP because of what he gives you over the rest of that position. He's just Who's been selling? absolutely. What was that? Who's selling Travis Kelsey? Well, I'm offering my firstborn son. <laughs> my wife's putting him to bed right now, but as soon as he's in there, I'm going to put a UPS label on him, get him out of here for Travis Kelsey. Are you selling him for that framed Devontae Adams jersey in the background? Wow. See, I have to think about that. My son, that's it. No. Um, of course I kid. That's the thing. Nobody's moving. Nobody's going to move him realistically in dynasty on a contender. It's tight end premium two PPR for tight ends earlier today. I moved George Kittle and a first for Travis Kelsey, where I'm a contender. But again, the two PPR for tight ends, that's massive. And then a lower tier that uh, tight end that people might not really be thinking about Eric Ebron. I really like him just because of his involvement in that passing game. 
and the touchdown upside. Ben and him seem to have that relationship. And I hated Eric Ebron when he was a Colt, when he was a Lion. So the opportunity he has in Pittsburgh, really easy schedule to finish out the season. If you can get him at a reasonable price, maybe you can swap Johnny Smith and Eric Ebron if somebody's a, a Titans fan. But, um, you know, the tight end landscape, every year we say it's going to be a breakout season. Yeah, We're still waiting for it for the whole position. And someone like Robert Tunyon, who had right. three touchdowns, yeah. he was the darling of everybody. Now he's not back on the waiver wire. It's just such a week-to-week thing. The one thing I did like want to point out for Mark Andrews, the game last week, Nick Boyle mm-hmm. ran more routes than Mark Andrews. And that, I, Nick I Boyle. can not tell you how many times I saw Nick Boyle catch the ball, and I got excited, and then I, I, I find out it's not Mark Andrews at all. <laughs> You're just the, the big white tight end. You're just assuming it's Mark Andrews, but it's not. It's so frustrating. But – Great discussion on that, guys. I want to move now to our question of the week, sponsored by Manscaped. And Eric, I think you are reading our Manscaped ad this week, so go ahead and tell us about Manscaped. While you put me in the mood, support for Triple Play comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. And that's why this revolutionary company has redesigned their electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty, just like Alvin Kamara in the open field. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes crop, crop preserver an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not putting it on the smelliest part of your body, a.k.a. your balls? They stink, just like the Jets. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean, according to my girlfriend. We all know that you're not going to social distance this winter. You're probably going to go to white elephant parties, so at least bring some Manscaped products. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TRIPLEPLAY at manscaped.com. 20% is close to a 200 winning percentage, which is close to what the Cowboys have. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this winter. Nice, nice. Um, So our question this week, which starting quarterback is most in danger of getting benched? This is a very loaded question here. We're starting with the guest, Mr. JB. I went through every team in the NFL and I went through each division. I actually have it listed here. I I was trying to come up with something that was not so much a hot take, but maybe a little bit edgy, a little controversial. And I couldn't. The NFC West, I think they're pretty safe. The only bit, Nick Mullins, does he get benched eventually? I don't know. NFC South, I don't think any of those guys are getting benched. So the one option that I, I, I have, Cam Newton, I, mm. he, he might be the most interesting. I just, I AFC North, all four of them are fine. AFC South, maybe you could count, you know, Minshew was benched for injury. If he comes back, does he get benched again for Jake Luton? NFC East, does Alex Smith? I, Cam Newton was the most interesting option I came up with. Nick Foles, maybe if Trubisky comes back, but he's trash. We all know that. So, so I'm going to stick with Cam Newton. It, I, I spent a lot of time on this question. I'm like, all right, well, it's like in um, uh, what uh, uh, Charlie, and it's always sunny with the board behind him with all the. Oh, yeah. 
And I'm like, well, if this happens, maybe this could happen. But I'm going to stick with Cam Newton. Is it extremely likely? Probably not. And maybe I'm being overly optimistic towards the rest of the NFL. But yeah, I'm going to stick with Cam. It's looking spicy. That's a that's a spicy take right there, Doc. Uh, for me, I'm going Teddy Bridgewater, and he signed a three-year deal. Um, it's very front-loaded with the first year, uh, but we talked about how Matt Rule likes Temple guys, and guess who the backup is? P.J. Walker. Ooh, I like where, where you went, went there. Guess where he went? Temple. Uh, the NFC South is a high-scoring division. The Carolina Panthers are last in scoring, and I think they're going to want to try with a more mobile quarterback. And maybe if they're out of contention, seeing if P.J. Walker could potentially be their future. I think Teddy Bridgewater is – is a solid starting quarterback, slightly above that Mason Dixon line. Um, but I don't think he's ever going to be the one that brings you to a Super Bowl. So they might want to try and experiment with what they have. Mr. Kilgore. So for me, I'm going Darnold. Um, I think the Jets are taking for Trevor, and there's no point in making Darnold look worse when you're going to try and trade him. Uh, Flacco's looking like Pete Joe Flacco. So I think they should and hopefully will shelf Darnold and protect his, the value that he has left. All right, Johnny. So I think before the season, I projected half of all starters were going to be benched. That's so I've true. Had to revise did. that a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but um, part of me is just I don't like the way Phillip Rivers is throwing the ball in Indianapolis. Mm. I mean, they took him out for a hail mary. I mean, that's embarrassing. If, if you're that worried about his arm, why are you still playing him? And Jacoby Brissett was not bad last year. So I think at some point with the playoff race heating up. Philip Rivers' lame duck arm gets out of there. I've heard his tackling's pretty bad, too. <laughs> um, mine's is pretty simple, and I know it's kind of a boring. I think it's the Washington football team. I think at some point that they're either, A, just going to have no type of movement on offense, and they're just going to have to make a switch just to make the switch, or, B, they're going to try to showcase Haskins for some trade value next year, and that they're going to let him play, try to try to give him something. Right now, his value, his value is as low as it can get, so... I could see it, you know, in the next couple of games. I'm just putting Haskins in to finish out the year. Just again, give him some type of trade value before the offseason. Interesting but, that no one said Baker Mayfield. I thought for sure somebody was going to say him, um, but it's interesting. I actually one, one of the million notes I have. Here, it's like a <laughs> scroll. I put if you would have asked me this two three weeks ago, Baker would have been my choice. It's not a bad take. I, I'm very I just, interested to see the case, the case Keenum. As his backup is what does it for me. Like I, that is what prevents the switch for me. He's one of the better backups. For all the negative talk about Baker, he's literally the best quarterback they've had in like a decade. That's scary, isn't it? Bad for the Browns. All right, let's move to our last segment, our game of the week. Real people get that reference right there. Um, so game of the week. Our host is the Doc. What are we playing? So we're playing either, neither, or both. So I'm going to give you two players, and I'm going to give you a stat. And you have to tell me which one of the two players did it, if both of the players did it, or if neither of them did. We have 10 questions, and I have a tiebreaker if needed. So we're going to start with David, then JB, then Brad, then John, and then rotate. Sound good, fellas? Do it. All right, the first. And Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, everything is for the fantasy season so far this year. So to stay in topic with the show, Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes have multiple passing touchdowns in every game this season. Either, neither, or both. And David, I'm starting with you. Um, 
Russell Wilson is the only one who does. Okay. JV? I will say Russell Wilson as well. Brad? I'm going to go both. Okay. And John? I'm, I'm going Russell Wilson and because uh, Patrick Mahomes just has some extended handoffs for touchdowns on multiple occasions this year. Those all count the same, my friend. Well, it is Russell Wilson. Uh, David knows me too well. Any time to, ta- to talk Anytime down, you talk about the Chiefs, you know I'm going to know the answer. So that Yeah, Mah- Mahomes has one game with one passing touchdown. He has double digits in the rest of them. So everybody's yeah. on the board but Brad. All right, the next one, JB, we're starting with you. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds both have a 20-plus scoring game in PPR format, either, neither, or both. Both. Okay. Brad? I'm going to go Kenyon Drake. Okay. Can you repeat the players again? Uh, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds in the stat is having 20-plus points in a PPR game. I'm going to go just Kenyon Drake. Okay. And David? Give me these, baby. Give them me. So, yeah, Kenyon Drake, obviously, had that three-touchdown game, that monster game or whatever it was, and I play a lot of DraftKings. So I had Chase Edmonds, the game he played against the Jets that he went off. So I know for a fact he had over 20 that game. So give me the give me the other correct point, Eric. All right. Well, it is both. Uh, good thing I started with the easy ones because they're going to be a little tougher. I'm going 10 for 10. It's never been done. I'm going right, 10 we'll for 10. See. We'll see. J- JB has you tied up as well. All right. So, Brad, we're going to start with you, and let's hope you get on the board. The players are Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis, and the stat is having 100 yards rushing in a game this season. Either, neither, or both. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey on this one. Okay. John? I'm going just Mike Davis. Ooh, spicy. David? I'm like 99% sure CMC did not do it. I'm sure he just had a lot of touchdowns when he's been playing, but they haven't been like 100-yard games. And then Mike Davis, I'm pretty sure actually, I don't think he's even gotten 100 on the ground either. I'm going to say neither. Okay. I'm also locked in for neither. You guys are good. It's It's neither. McCaffrey had, go, baby. Uh, had, a, had a couple 90-yard rushing games. He's only played three, would likely hit that okay. for the entire nice. season. So it's looking like it's between David and JV, but we'll see. I'm going to take him down. down. Let's go. All right, Brad or John, we're starting with you. The players are DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs, and the stat is having 15-plus targets in a game this season. We'll say both. Okay. David? I'm pretty sure D-Hop has. Diggs is a little tougher. This this is the first one where I feel like I'm not 100% sure about this one. Um, I'm going to say they both have. Okay. I feel feel like I'm on, like, who wants to be a millionaire? Every one of these questions is gut-wrenching because I want to get it right here. I'm going to go just DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. And Brad. 15 targets is an absurd amount. I don't think there's a lot that have gotten 15 targets. Uh, Lockett. Uh, I'm going to go neither. It's actually both. DeAndre oh, Hopkins. let's go. DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> had 16 targets in his first game against the 49ers. And Stephon Diggs had 15, I believe. Uh, not this past week, but the one before that. So David's a four for four. And we're going back to David for question five. All right, the stat, and the players. Me. The players, me. 
The players are Jimmy Graham and Darren Waller. And the stat is having a multi-touchdown game on the season, either, neither, or both. You said it's Darren Waller and who? I was gloating. Darren Waller and Jimmy Graham. A multi-touchdown game? Yeah. I'm 100% sure Jimmy Graham has. Um, And Darren Waller, I think, did against the Saints, I think. That um that game he went off, or maybe it was just one. I'm gonna say just Jimmy Graham. <laughs> I, I am fairly certain Darren Waller has not. I believe he had like a million receptions that game, but only one touchdown. I, I'm gonna say Jimmy Graham had multiple touchdowns. All right, Brad. I feel pretty confident that Jimmy Graham only. Okay. And John. Well, I wasn't confident about Jimmy Graham, but after all y'all, that it's just Jimmy Graham. I know Waller hasn't. <laughs> it is just Jimmy Graham. He did have that big day against the Saints where he had about 15 catches. Uh, I thought that might trick you guys, but good job. <laughs> you did get me thinking for a second. So at, at the halfway point, David's perfect with five. JB's trailing him by one at four. John's right there with three. And Brandon West with one. <laughs> and the next... Question six, JV, we're starting with you. The players are Justin Tucker and Harrison Butker. The stat is making four-plus field goals in a game this season, either, neither, or both. Oh, man. This will show how much you value kickers. I know, and my one of my co-hosts at Fantasy Football Confidential, four. Linda, she is going to bitch at me if I miss this. Um, <laughs> I know she's big on kickers. Now, if you included Jason Sanders, I, I, I could have gotten that one. No, no, it's the number one and two kickers with ADP. Yeah, I'm I tried to have groupings in a certain way with these. Right, right. I'm gonna say only Harrison Butker. Okay, Brad. I'm gonna go neither. Okay, John. I'm going. I'm going neither too. And David, you had to, the kicker is gonna be what ruins my perfect game here. And I have Justin Tucker on one of my teams, and he has not produced in any game this season, so I'm pretty sure it's not Justin Tucker. Bucker, I think, has had one game, so I'm going to go Bucker. You guys are all wrong. It's only Justin Tucker. No! no. no. The perfect streak is over. Oh. Yeah! All right. I pretty sure I have on my team. I don't remember him ever having four I field goals. I think it was week game. three. He had four field goals. Um, but, David, you're still in the lead because everybody got that wrong. All right. So, so question six and we – or question seven, and we're starting with um, Brad on this one. The players are DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and the stat is having multiple games with two-plus touchdowns. Multiple games with two-plus touchdowns. Mm-hmm. We already um, talked about Tyler Lockett's big three-touchdown game. Did he have another? What about DK Metcalf? I'm going to go I'm gonna go DK. Okay. John? I'm fairly certain both have. Okay. David? I don't think Lockett had two touchdowns in that other game. I think he had one, but a lot of yards. So I'm going to go just DK. Okay. And I'm going, I'm going for the tie here. (laughs) I'm going to say neither. It was actually both. So John is the only one. Tyler Lockett has two, three touchdown games. I believe DK Metcalf has three, two touchdown games. So, I mean, they're, they're the ones that are getting the yards. Russell's been really cooking this year. So, uh, John making a little bit of a comeback. It's five 
Both Johns have four. I, I think I was on a streak of two game wins before it was interrupted with me hosting one. Now we'll see. We got three <laughs> questions left. And, uh, John, we are starting with you on this one. The players are Ronald Jones and Kareem Hunt. And the stat is topping 25 points in a game, PPR scoring your favorite. Oh, God. Um, I think neither. Okay. David? Kareem Hunt, I think, has. And Ronald, I'm going to say both. Okay. JB? I'm going to say both as well. Okay. And Brad? I'm going to go Rojo only. Brad is right. Rojo, oh, Rojo had 26 PPR points, I believe, week four. And Kareem Hunt has flirted in the 20s twice, I think 20 and 22, but has not hit 25 yet. That game where Nick Chubb went out, I remember him having two touchdowns that game, and I thought yeah. he had a lot of catches too, so I thought he did have it, but I guess uh, at the end. Nope. St- the score is still the same as it was, and we got two questions left. And, David, we're starting you with you for this one. The players are Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray, and the stat is a game this year with multiple uh, interceptions. Oh, it's both. Okay. JB? I mean, he, he sounds so confident. I, I have to go both. Okay. Brad? I'm going to go Kyler Murray only. Okay. And John? I'll also go only Kyler Murray. Uh, well, David was very confident, and for a good reason, it's both. Aaron Rodgers had that two-interception game against the Bucks, and yeah, Kyler has a couple multi-interception games. I, so. I thought that I thought that might be true, but I needed to make up some ground for the game. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to come down to David and JB. And JB, we're starting with you for this, and we're talking defenses. We're finishing out on defenses, baby. And, I'm gonna play defense. And the two, de- and the two defenses are the Steelers and Dolphins. And the stat is a game with twenty plus fantasy points. Only the Dolphins. Okay, Brad. I'm gonna go both on this one. Okay, John. I think yeah, I think this is a trick question. I'm going just the Dolphins. Okay. And David, my first instinct was to say both, but I have the Steelers D in a league and they've been a bunch of times. They have like 17, 18, 19, but I don't think they've crossed that 20 point threshold. And I'm not doing this to play defense, but I actually think it's just the Dolphins. So it's actually neither. The Steelers, their highest, their highest is 19. They've had 19, 13 a couple times and 10. They haven't gotten double digits or they haven't gotten negative this year. Dolphins, while they've been good recently, their highest is 18. Even with that two-touchdown uh, game they had against the Rams, they only finished with 18. So David wins with six. You know what? That's a passing grade with a 60%. I will gladly wear that D. You know what? I just look on the second half, and you went one for five in the second half. That's ugly. You know what? It's not how you start. Or it's not how you – it's starting, starting. <laughs> I was about it. It's – you set the tone early on. That's what you do. And that's what I did. I scared you guys all off except JB and made it so I had enough distance. So that's what matters. But I'm going to use my 15-second FaceTime. That wasn't let... it right there. Uh, no, that was just me bragging. But now I get my FaceTime. And I'm going to use my FaceTime to hand it over to JB. Is there any uh, stuff you want to plug, what you're working on, stuff that's going on? Um, just tell our audience everything. Uh, yeah, first of all, this was an absolute blast. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, Johnny, Doc, nice to meet you guys. Brad, 
you're, you're my nemesis, man. <laughs> nice to meet you. No, but seriously, it was, it was great to meet all of you guys. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club, Dynasty Theory. That's at Dynasty Theory FF on Twitter and Instagram. Fantasy Football Confidentials at FF underscore Confidential. Jump over on uh, the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel in five minutes. Here we're gonna be going live tomorrow night at nine. Is Fantasy Football Confidential next week? Uh, Mitch, Dan, and I we're gonna be kicking off the Dynasty Theory Patreon. There's gonna be a few things that we're gonna be thrown in there. I think they're pretty cool. I might be a little bit. Uh, little bias there but I, I think it's some good stuff um yeah i mean very active on twitter uh dave you know that i'm on there pretty much 24 7 <laughs> come check me out and again guys thank you so much of course man and I, as one host to another you do such a great job with what you do and i know you do a lot of stuff putting the stuff together behind the scenes so i gave you a lot of props uh even the, like the small things like the graphics and transitions and and all that type of stuff. So, man, I, I props to you. If I had a drink in my hand, I would cheers to you. But I finished it. But um, yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And and you know what? The sixty minutes, the first sixty minutes we had you on, it was a Bauer hour. <laughs> Mike <laughs> dropped on that one. Now uh, I, I I I only brought water tonight. Last Tuesday, I was on with the guys over on uh, uh, drinking and talking <laughs> fantasy football, and I finished a massive bottle of wine. So whenever I went on Dynasty Theory, I was a little rambunctious last week. So get <laughs> water tonight. I don't want to get yelled at by Mitch and Dan. That's awesome. All right. Until next week, everybody, stay safe and good luck in week 10.